0: Episode number 27, The Bellows, Why You Should Hire a Production Manager.
1: All right, cut to edge of stage.
0: Great. All right, color frost. Check. One, two, three. Check. Stand by, please. House to half. House out.
2: Lightning key is
0: Hello and welcome back to The Tuttle Block. I'm your host, Michael Cruz, and on this episode we present yet another session of The Bellows, a monthly informal discussion about theatre production that takes place at Theatre Passemurie in Toronto, Ontario. On this third special presentation of The Bellows, recorded on February 22, 2016, the panel discusses all the myriad reasons you need to hire a production manager when you are producing theatre really of any size. As is often the case, many small theatre producers can rationalize the way the need for PM, with most of the reasons being economic. But in fact, I think this panel gives some great reasons why you need a production manager for those very same economic reasons. The panel was hosted by stage carpenter Kevin Hudson and included from left to right in your ears, Eleanor Antonchik, production manager at the Terragon Theatre, Remington North, the director of facilities and production at the Theatre Centre, Caitlin Hickey, freelance production manager and designer, and Ryan Wilson, the head carpenter at Young People's Theatre. Like our previous recording, this one was streamed live through Periscope, and we had a few diehard listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Instructions to join our next one, uh, as well as full bios of all the presenters, can be found at thetitleblock.com. And of course, it does cost a few bucks to record these live events, including about $100 maybe in Mike Randall's, on top of the capital cost of my other recording equipment. So if you enjoy these discussions and find them helpful, and you want me to continue recording them for you, please consider going to patreon.com and supporting the show. For a couple of bucks an episode, you can support the conversation about theatre in Canada. And now we can go back to the Bellows, joining Pip Bradford and Christopher Ross, introducing the topic.
3: Uh, welcome so. to the Bellows. Uh,
4: this is the Bellows. You are all at the Bellows. Uh, who,
3: who is the Bellows?
4: Who, who is the Bellows? Well, uh, the organizing people for the Bellows are Christopher Ross, who's standing here on my right. Uh, Chris is the backspace technician here at Theatre and also a production manager and a, and a general doer of things and person of the arts. Uh, and up there, uh, running this panel tonight, and being our moderator is Kevin Hudson, who is the uh, head scenic carpenter That's at right. Tarragon. He wanted me to make sure I said scenic. It. Uh, and also a doer of things about town.
5: Yeah. A terrible uh, production manager, for the record.
4: Yeah, apparently he's I'm very sure we'll bad. Um, yeah, we're all <laughs>
3: doers of things. This is Pip Bradford. Um, if I run the backspace and Kevin runs the shop at tarragon, then Pip Bradford runs this town. Uh, Pip, he's also do. a general doer of things, many things. She is both a production manager, a technician, a director. Sometimes uh, I'm sure she designs things, probably, plenty, plenty of things, a couple of times. Yeah, like she knows yeah. a lot of things.
4: <laughs> Is it my turn to talk next? It is, almost certainly. Okay, great. Uh, What is it? Okay, so great. So, the Bellows is also all of you. Uh, Ultimately, the way we envision the Bellows is as a monthly mixer where we invite the entire production theater community, and actually the theater community at large. We would love it if more actors Mm -hmm. and writers and directors showed up. That would be great. Uh, Because we all just want to spend some time talking about production things. We feel production has been a a field that is very shrouded in shadow, if I may. And I may. (laughs) Um, And so uh, we felt it was great to have a space where we could all just kind of talk about production-related issues And and enlighten people who don't know things, people who are fresh out of school Or even people who just don't know anything about what we do Yeah,
3: and also to come and hang out, obviously Because we got a whole panel and everything, and you'll all learn some great things But also afterwards, we just kind of want to chill and see the people we don't see enough Or we only see in a work context or whatever We can all have a drink or a coffee or whatever and, and chill out and then afterwards, um,
4: if I like you, I'll offer you a job. That happens <laughs> all the time.
5: Actually. It's like um, almost guaranteed.
4: It's not a guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: format of the night, um, basically, Kevin's gonna do some introductions of the panel. Kevin will probably start off with some questions. Yeah, We're gonna turn this start. mic around. I'm gonna yeah, remember to do that there. this time. And then, literally, at any point, at all points, please come up to the mic and just like if you've got a question. Uh, ask that question, because we're really hoping this is going to be more of a conversation. Like, we know a lot of the people in this room, so we don't got to tell you why you need a production manager. We're going to talk about why we need production managers, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Before we start, I would like to give some thank yous. Um, I would like to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of this land, uh, the Mississaugas of New Credit, uh, the Anishinaabeg peoples, the Huron-Wendat, and the Haudenosaunee. Uh, I would like to thank TPM for giving us the space and let yeah! us you know, sell <laughs> <and laughs> <can't laughs> some beer and talk. Um, I would like to acknowledge our wonderful bartender Jared hey! and, yeah, and Brittany in front of us downstairs. Thank you yeah, so
1: much,
3: uh, Please tip your bartenders well. Uh, I will say that multiple times throughout the night. I would like to acknowledge Title Block, uh, the podcast, who is. Uh, live streaming and Periscoping and uh, uh, podcasting this right now. Uh, the titleblock.com is our website. Yeah.
4: He has business cards. Really uh, nice business uh, cards.
3: I would like cards. to acknowledge Steam Whistle because it is $4 Steam Whistles tonight. So please, that's Game true, right? Yeah, that's true. Because it's true now. Um, yeah, please, guys, buy some $4 Steam Whistle if you so choose. If you want to do that, uh, you should. Yeah. Um And, oh, I would like to just, because I'm going to forget this note, it's not really, it's not in order here, but please, (laughs) I'm sorry, Uh, please come to the bar night next week as well. Uh, TPM is running a bar night. It is not a Bellows night, but TPM is also trying to open up the bar just for people to come and and hang out. Yeah, they're doing a bar night next Monday. It's the Leap Year Bar Night, if that's correct. Jiv? Yeah, it is. Uh, It's the Leap Bar Night. Uh, There'll also probably be $4 steam whistles, Jeff? Yeah! Yeah! You just assume there's $4 steam whistles whenever come, I, I think. I don't.
4: I don't uh, whatever.
3: Um, anyway, uh, do you want to introduce the panel? or the- um,
4: I <laughs> would just like to say that the panel tonight uh, is about production management and working with production managers and why we should all do so.
1: Without Fantastic. Further... Take it away, Kevin.
5: <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, thanks everybody for coming. Uh, my name is Kevin Hudson. Uh, tonight's panel is about production management. It's a very broad, ill-defined discipline at the best of times, uh, as well as a very thankless and important job. Um, some artists seem to think they don't need one all of the time, and we're here to tell you that you, you, you totally do. You might not know that you do, but you totally do. I realize there's a lot of friendly faces here and you're you're all mostly on my side. It kind of feels like we're just yelling at one or two of you. Um, But uh, hopefully by the end of the evening you'll understand why. Um, So we have a panel of extremely useful people and I'm going to make them introduce themselves. On my left, who are you and what do you do?
6: Uh, I am Eleanor and I am the production manager at the Tarragon.
7: My name is Remington North. I'm the Director of Facilities and Productions at the Theater Center.
8: I'm Caitlin Hickey. I'm a freelance production manager and designer.
9: My name's Ryan Wilson. I'm the head scenic carpenter at YPT.
5: Excellent, excellent. Um, so as I said, it's an ill-defined discipline, um, and I realize this is a bit open-ended, but if you could give me your job description, either as it's written or as you understand it, I think that would be illuminating.
10: <laughs>
7: Take it away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, as the director of facilities and productions, uh, on the production side, obviously, you know, I'm generating budgets. I'm monitoring budgets, uh, sourcing gear and equipment as well as people and uh, and technical collaborators to work on productions. And on the facilities side, uh, I'm overseeing uh, the general maintenance of the building, its services, its utilities. Um, the tradesmen who come in to repair and, and do further construction on our new building um, as well as kind of like generating long-term plans for developing storage systems, which is always is an issue for every theater everywhere uh, and, um, and just kind of generally taking care of the place, occasionally mopping a floor or cleaning up poop or you know whatever.. <laughs>
1: Just pooping on your face. You don't want to know. <laughs>
9: no, yeah, it comes under a director's list because none of the workers want to do it. Yeah, for sure.
5: <laughs> I'm interested in hearing yours, actually.
6: Uh, I pretty much have everything he said except for right. the poop. Yeah. Well, because
5: recently we, well, briefly, we had a facilities manager. Yes. (laughs) Do we even want to talk about that? Sure. Okay.
6: Uh, So in the history of uh, Tarragon, um, in various incarnations, you know, we do have a building manager. We did have a facility manager. um, And it's, uh, for the last maybe 15, 20 years, uh, has fallen under the guise of the production manager, um, to manage that person. Um, so along, you know, with everything else that comes under the standard production um, umbrella, it's, you know, creating budgets for the facility, um, tradesmen, you know, uh, overseeing the lobby renovation a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, learning fire code, building code, that kind of stuff, which more often than not, if, you, if your company can't afford both, you know, facility and production, you have to do both.
5: So. Yeah, yeah. No, so these are venue issues, and I know the two of you have managed a production from time to time. Now, when it comes to the freelance side of things, what, what's the difference? What, what, do you, what do you get out of PMing that a venue PM might not?
9: Um, I've only worked for two companies, so I've done seven shows with Fujian Theatre Company and Asian Canadian Theatre Company. Um, they made me honorary Asian now, so I can continue working. Spectacular! <laughs> um, and I've done two shows with Theater Smash. And then I think we did a co-pro. I can't keep track anymore. But so I've really only All worked right. for two companies. And in my what I call myself, or what my job description is in those indie situations, is really to work for the producer and to try to get the show up as best as they want and as much as they want to spend on it as reasonably as I can to keep the artist happy.
1: Yeah.
9: I, you, I try to imagine working for the producer and not for the designer. Okay. Because when I'm at YPT, it's easier as a carpenter to work for the designer. Yeah. I want to do everything that I need to do to keep you happy. You've got this idea. I'm going to work for you. I'm going to make it good. As long as the designer's happy, I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Usually is you know, most shops, most builders ahead of wardrobe, ahead of props, is the same kind of standard. But when I'm the production manager, this the set designer could be super happy, but we're probably like bleeding money and spending <laughs> and buying everything that they want. Yeah, yeah. So I it's hard for me and I try to change and tell myself that I work for the producer or the producers or the company or whatever.
5: Right, right.
9: Um so that I can keep myself from just wanting to build a really cool set and spend all my time doing the set, because I do sets pretty well. I don't do things like video well, so like I have to remember that I'm working for not just the set designer.
5: Right.
8: That's interesting, because I would say that I, as a freelance PM and someone who tours, I would say I work for the director, or I work for the show. and that covers a lot of needs. You know, financially, you can't be fiscally irresponsible. Uh, but I think you have, as a PM, a duty to uphold the artistic integrity of the show, and I think that usually falls with the director. So I would say I'm more, I work for the director. Right, right, right. Hmm.
5: Well, that gets onto something I was going to ask you about later. Like, who do you find yourself working most closely with, as a when you're when you're in that PM role? Like, who is your who do you go to first when?
9: Michelle Ramsey.
2: Always. <laughs> Always. Just whatever show. Just whatever. Yeah. It yeah, yeah, yeah it on pretty on. much.
9: <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, she did, she's done like six of the food shows I've done, and she yeah. has more production management experience than I do. That's, she yep. was doing it before I started. And so, and she, as someone who's at the artistic table, when I have an idea, I can run it by her, and I don't have to run it by the whole artistic table. And I get the input and kind of an okay. And she's like, yeah, that's, that sounds like a good idea. Like, it always sounds like right, a good right. idea. I have a good idea in my head. I thought it through. It sounds like a good idea. I check with her. So, and the lighting designer often, at least I was taught in school, because the guy who ran Ryerson and still does is a lighting designer, or was... So he used to tell us that the most everything affects the line designer and everything the line designer has to fix everything. Can you say
8: that about any discipline though? Mm.
9: <laughs> no, no, because it's true it sometimes can be true. And at least when I do indie shows with Michelle, she's really involved in everything. And I don't know where I was going with that thought, but
5: Well, I think you you and I could make what would Ramsey do bracelets and sell yep. those and that would be Yeah, yeah for sure. Yep. For sure, for sure,
9: And she has to make the show work, she has to make the show work good, and she has to cue the show. And yeah. when there's a director who doesn't really have all the cues figured out, the lighting designer is the one who has to be like, okay, and then what are we going to do next? And yeah. then what are we going to see on stage next, and then mm-hmm. what's next? The set designer, they don't, they don't know, they don't, yeah. they're not involved in that. The sound designer is usually composing or mixing, or he has headphones on so he can't hear what people are talking <laughs> about. <laughs>
6: Well, Can I, I answer your question? Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, uh, I wish you would. <laughs> so uh, if you're looking at kind of the, the season overall, I, I would say uh, half my time is spent, you know, working most closely with the GM, um, right. and then the other half working with the TD and the rest of the department. Okay. Um, because I think Remington and I are probably in the same situation where, you know, you may be working on one show that's right now in tech, um, but right now I'm working on all of next season and the ne- next show that's coming up in the main space. Right. Um, so you know it really does on a daily basis go very much up and down. Right. One show, whole season.
5: Yeah. yeah. So energy. kind of like the interface between the sort of money and long term planning and yes. the immediate production. Totally. Yeah. 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 What's well, like what we're opening next week? Last week I
7: worked yeah. way more on twenty eighteen than I did on the two shows that were in my space. It's preposterous. You know how long that is from now? Mm -hmm. It's forever away. Right? It's forever away. (laughs) It doesn't matter.
6: All right. So picking
5: up on on Michelle Ramsey, because we should always talk about Michelle Ramsey, um, I've known a lot of shows to have a LDPM, like a lighting designer, production manager. um, And I don't know if that's just a matter of the lighting designer has their head up most of the time, literally and figuratively, or whether that's whether there's something else there
7: i think it has a lot to do with logistic demand yeah and in a lot of spaces lighting is one of the larger logistic demands on a venue yeah uh and so i mean as far like without enormous sets kind of excluding those those are going to be usually the big costs right and i feel like there's a lot i mean yeah there's a lot of logistic and paperwork kind of crossover between people who are practically and pragmatically thinking about those things
5: right you know. Mm. So So uh, taking your PM hats off for a bit, like when you walk into a process, what do you need from a PM? Like what do you expect working with other PMs? What do you expect from them in terms of leadership, in terms of paperwork, in terms of like, what's the, what's the thing you
7: like, oh, he's going to give me that? A uh, concise schedule and how much money I have. Yeah. More or less? More or less.
6: Yeah. A calm demeanor. Yeah. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> totally, yeah.
7: Someone who's into like collaborative, calm problem solving. Yeah. Inevitably, there's going to be big problems or snags or whatever, and it's just nice to have someone in the room who's like, chill and will listen to everyone and then just work through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
6: I'd say that's 90% of my job. Yeah? yeah. Putting out <laughs> fires? Yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I mean, how much they interfere in the shop? Pardon? How much they interfere in
9: your shop? I hardly ever see
5: Eleanor, to be
1: honest,
5: (laughs) which I, you know, maybe I'm doing a good
9: job. You kind of like you. YPT (laughs) is complicated because I would like to make the argument that Alexis Bissett, the technical director, is the production manager. She makes a schedule. She calls the crew. She runs the crew. She manages the money. She spends the money. We don't have a production manager. Do you have a DOP? Yeah. Uh huh. And he walks around calling himself the production manager. Right. And I haven't told him to his face that he's
1: not.
9: <laughs> <laughs> He'll punch me. Right. All right. But, That's not nice. Uh, he's a, so we have another problem is that they moved all the offices and the administrators across the street. So oh, they really?
7: literally are not around. Don't work
9: in the building. But oh, Alex, I no as the license and technical director stayed in the building. So she's the only administrator who's in the building.
5: What do they do with those offices? Turn them into classroom ta- spaces. Right. We should talk about this at the time. Which is great. <laughs> yeah. So we can do
9: more programming and stuff, which is awesome. And okay. I can paint in spaces and we can build in spaces and we can so decorate cool. things. It's great. Oh, yeah. But she's running the whole operation. Yeah. And when I was at Soul Pepper, it was the same way. The mm-hmm. TDs aren't the TDs, they're the PM TDs. Right. I went to one production meeting when I was at Soul Pepper. I was the assistant carpenter for three seasons. Mm -hmm. I like filled in for a little while. And it was like five department heads on one side, five artists on the other side, and one TD at the end of the table. And their title is technical director. They do lots of CAD and lots of drawings, but they're the PM TD. Right. And then there's a DOP who has an office with a glass window that looks out on their corral. And then they have a direct, they have a production we manager. We
8: that.
9: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not DOP? DOP. You're very much no. a PM. I would say, like, so. Well, this yeah, is and this is kind of the only one yeah. that I know of who is in a theater with a wall and a roof that still uses the title production manager. Right. Like the theater center skipped it in their growth yeah, or in their totally. whatever yep. development because we don't use that term anymore. Totally.
5: Right. Well, this is worth getting into because one of the questions I was asked to bring up is what what a PSM is, what a DOP is. Um, And I know there's a lot of crossover between TD and PM Mm. on a small scale. So it's definitely worth going into this. For the record, a director of production, what do we expect from a director of production as distinct from a a production manager?
7: I mean, really the distinction is like establishing long-term production budgets. And the, the reason that I'm not the PM at the theater center is because we are not exclusively a producing body. Right. We we only co-produce when we are okay. involved at all. Yeah. But, you know, like We program 49 weeks of the year. A lot of it is rentals. Yeah. And then we do a bunch of co-proing. And in those scenarios, occasionally I am the production manager mm-hmm. in those t- t- productions. But uh, otherwise, I'm just kind of aiding someone else that, that either the company that's coming in and co-proing the show with us has brought along. Right. Or we've looked to someone like Pip to help us out. Uh, and I and I'm working alongside her.
5: So is it sort of a hands like the distance there? Because if, as a, you're presumably you manage your own productions. Yes, that makes you a production manager. And then yeah. if you're the co-pros that come into your space, you're giving them money, uh-huh. you're giving them schedules and time, and yeah. maybe calling crew.
7: Yeah, I, but it, there's probably well, it, it's actually kind of funny. I and I often call crew for rentals as well, right? Uh, because we're a new, idiosyncratic venue, mm-hmm. um, so you know how many people are needed. For, it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I work with production managers hand in hand to make sure they have, or at least have an idea of the number of people they need, and yeah. and who from the list is is going to be good for that.
1: Okay.
5: So, DOP you'd say is a little bit more hands off, a little bit more long term. Certainly, right, right, right.
6: And it depends largely on the scale of the company. Yeah, Crystal like Pepper, Canstage, COC—they would all they have DOPs. They love DOPs. So, yeah, yeah. You
5: right know, right kind on. of the mid level. And you would, you would say that is it still Jeff? Jeff Cummings? Yeah.
9: No, he left. He went to Shaw. I have no idea what I'm talking he's about. He's a now. director of planning at Shaw, so I don't really know what So that he's means. a DOP. No, <laughs> okay. he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't work in production. He works in kind of out of the artistic director's office. Even longer term. Helping them do, yes, yeah, serious right. planning. Which is cool. so like super cool. The, like the viability of shows? Kind I guess, of yeah. and five-year, <laughs> cool. like do cool. we want to get together with this company in many years? Right, right, right.
5: Okay, well, let's talk uh, small scale for a second in terms of crossover between uh, PM and TD. Like when you're working it as a tiny... Renting out the theater center, or, yeah. or so, something like that, or the storefront theater for whatever. Um, like, how much, how much do the lines blur there? Because presumably you're not going to be able to afford both a PM and a TD at that kind of scale. Like, are you expected to be both?
8: Yeah. I have yet to work on a show where they've hired a TD. Huh. So you are the PM TD. Right. And so oh, like, yeah.
5: you're just expected to pick all that up, and then yeah. Mm-hmm.
8: Even if your title is only production manager. It's unfor- It's implied that yeah. there there isn't anyone else to for sure, fulfill for sure. that role.
5: And then how do you, uh, this is a delicate question, mm-hmm. Like because it's implied because you know there's nobody else, mm-hmm. or I it's implied it's because Im- they just say, we I need you know to make this go? I don't it's implied
8: because it's the nature of independent theater at the yeah. moment yeah. in this city, um, or if it falls down to budget. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's a bit of both. Maybe it's about educating the companies that you're working for about what the difference, what the benefits of hiring a production manager and a technical director are, and how that might serve them better. Right. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a weird cocktail of all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what happens
5: when there's something that you're expected to know that you just kind of don't? Like, it, is there ever leeway to hire? A specialist projection person, for instance. Or or is it is it do you hire your way out of that mess or do you
8: depends on the budget. Right. You hire you can. Um you if you don't know, you ask someone who does.
7: Right, right. right. Phone you calls, you right? call. You just call. You call someone.
8: For sure. Like, yeah. Hey,
7: trying to figure yeah. this thing out. Yeah. What do I do? For sure.
8: <laughs> you gotta yeah.
9: start early in the beginning telling them what you're no good at. Yeah. yeah. Like I tell I often like I did a next stage show, the last show I did, and I basically started by Saying all the things I wasn't willing to do before yeah. I said what I was willing to do. And right, this is right. just me learning how to like defend my own life because shows take over my life and they yeah. take over all of our lives. For sure. And, and that's kind of a good thing, but yeah. So yeah, I had to, you have to start really early and be like, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not gonna do that. Like I know a bunch of people working in the city who don't have driver's licenses. Like this blows my mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually okay, hey, well, you, you it, got your G1
1: today.
4: I,
9: not today. I got my G one last week. Nice! Yes. <laughs> it's only
5: 16 years late. It's all good. Um, yes, Pip. I had a question. Actually, yes.
4: um, I know that at least two of you on the panel do a lot of design work uh, as well as production management work. I don't I don't know about Eleanor and Ryan if you really do that kind I'm of thing. I'm a terrible designer. <laughs> <laughs> I know, me too, but people keep trying to make me. Um, and I know that, like, and I wanted to ask, I guess, because we're talking a lot about, like, being PMs and being asked to be your own TD. When you are hired as a de- designer, do people often expect you to be your own PM?
1: Mm. Uh,
7: yeah, I just closed a show where there was neither a PM nor a TD, uh, and I made a real strong effort to be neither. Um, Did it hurt? uh, It hurt a little bit, uh, and it was occasionally freeing and wonderful, uh, and then on strike it was awful. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Then on strike it was awful, and I I had to stay hours later than I thought I would. Uh, But you know, that's okay. Yeah, fair enough,
5: yeah. (laughs) You ever fallen into this trap? Because there's, again, there's a bunch of people who are LDs, but there's also a bunch of people who are LD, PM, TD, video designer, doing everything for a show just because, you know, you like it. You ever fallen into that trap?
7: Certainly I have. Yeah, yeah certainly. And uh, I think in those three or four times that I've done that in the past six or seven years, it, I've led myself to that trap. I mean, I've, been, think... I've been so excited about the work that we're doing yeah. and so understanding that the producers just have zero money. Uh that, you know, like I'm eating the gummies all the way to the trap. And I'm like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> 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 and then I find myself in and I'm like, oh, oh this, my is, God,
1: yeah. this is what I
7: thought it would be.
9: Well, we'll come, we'll, yeah, we
1: should we'll come those back collect. to <laughs> those. Uh,
7: t- uh, A couple yeah. of them were, yeah, certainly, yeah. Well, because
5: yeah. I want to get in on this, but, but yes, please.
1: Oh,
10: uh, with regard to the uh, no TD or PM, what would your argument be for... Someone who doesn't necessarily have production knowledge who is producing a small show saying, I don't need a PM or a TD. Y-
6: you do. Uh,
1: yeah. I want- <laughs> but like, why?
7: So, so, I, so I would make friends with someone who is and pick their brain very briefly about your show. Because in any style of production, Unless it's quite literally happening on a street corner, and even then there's certain considerations to make. Lots of them, actually. Um,
5: Possibly more, yeah.
7: Yeah, you, um, there's just things that you're n- not going to think about. In the same way that, I, you know, I don't understand direction behind blocking and, and all kinds of character work. Uh, a lighting plot, a sound plot, a video plot, the I- interconnectivity of those systems and their queuing is ultra-important, and to make things go smoothly, you, you just need those people.
6: If you're renting a venue, and you're meeting with the venue technician, and they ask you a series of questions that you can't answer, that's a good reason to have a PM yeah. or a TV.
5: Yeah, it's a really yeah. good one. It's
9: yeah, really I think you can one. get a lot of free advice out of people. So if you've decided you're going to spend $1,000, and you want like a set or something, and you're going to spend $500 <laughs> of that money on your set if you hire me to do your set, I'm gonna give you a whole bunch of extra help and advice and ask you a yeah. bunch of questions. There's a lot of people and a lot of companies in the city who are paying to have sets built by YPT, by Production Canada, and they basically PM the set portion for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you pay them enough money or you pay them what it costs, they're, and you say, I want you to show up on this day and I want you to put the whole set together, they'll do that. I'll do that. You'll do that. People will do that. So you don't need a production manager for that section mm-hmm. if that's your whole thing. Like, say yeah. you're just doing a thing totally. and you just need some stuff. Yeah. You don't want any...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Dang> <laughs> <it>. Totally, <laughs> yeah.
9: Well, because I've always made the peace of mind argument, right? Whereas, like, if you are...
5: It doesn't matter how big the show is. It's going to be big to you, right? It matters. It's important Certainly. to you. And why do you want to worry about how it gets to the theater? Why do you want to worry about driving it to the space why do you want to worry about scheduling why do you worry about want to worry about all this stuff when you can just pay a person to worry about all that stuff then you can concentrate on the things that excite you about the show
1: yeah
5: and that's uh particularly with rentals and smaller scale stuff like it it actually it pays you in hours of sleep and peace of mind yeah and eventually it makes your show better because you're concentrating on fewer things i would say hmm
1: and one of the
4: things I would love to add is that that's one of the reasons why we started this kind of organization is because yeah. we are happy to be a resource for those kind of questions. Yes. So if you have those kind of questions, you can always email us at thebellowstoronto at gmail.com or get in touch with us through our Facebook <laughs> page, what, what? Uh, The Bellows. <laughs> and we are happy to tell you, for instance, when you just need a production manager to stop bugging me.
11: Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sheila? <laughs> 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 uh, I think, um, so full disclosure, I work
2: at Associated Designers of Canada. Um, and I do sometimes speak with young producers who are convinced that they need neither production manager nor perhaps even a designer. Um, and uh, uh, this is something that I usually try to talk them out of, not only because <laughs> it's my job, because it's just too damn to watch. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but I think the argument that I use that is the most convincing is the issue of simultaneity. If you are in the rehearsal hall Who's picking up the live chickens? If, you know, if. if, (laughs) Chickens gotta get there somehow. The whole issue of having things that need to be done at the same time, particularly if that young director is also producing for the first time and are trying to do their own publicity as well. Right? So, how do they answer those publicity calls when they are in the rehearsal
5: hall? For sure. You know, simultaneity is a great argument. Like, if you have a lot of hats to wear, you should have a few extra heads as well. Definitely. Just
10: or, adding to that, um, if I'm a, re- I'm a stage manager and if I work for a really, really small company, and a lot of the times like, I'm happy to help and do extra stuff, yeah. but I'm in rehearsal all day for eight hours a day, mm-hmm. so like, what am I to do? I'm like, okay, great, these are all the requests coming out of rehearsal. I'll put them in notes and send them to... <laughs> <laughs> like nobody's taking care of it and like great I'll pop by the dollar store after rehearsal oh surprise it's closed closed. I can't help you I need somebody to give that information to like I can keep track of what needs to happen but that stuff needs to happen during the day while the rehearsal is happening for sure so
8: same deal it's funny those both points which talk about you know being somebody to go facilitate things when is a production manager a PA, a production <laughs> assistant? So you're talking yeah. about picking up rehearsal props or fixing things or running errands. Uh, is, that's a part of the role of production manager, especially in independent theatre. But I wouldn't say that is what a production manager can really give to a show. For sure. Um, and I think sometime that, sometimes that line gets blurred between an independent PM and yeah. a PA. Because a good production manager can help facilitate all those things, but they can also shape your entire production in a way that will make everything else easier for you. Definitely. Um, well, it's about it, making
5: know, sure things get done instead of doing the things. And
8: not even making sure things get done, it's how can we make them get done better? For sure. You know? Yeah. For for every for every department. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can you make this rehearsal process? Hell Mike
5: fell off. Oh, no. Just when you're expressing beautiful thoughts. So
8: just a little. Yeah. Yeah. Now,
5: these are symptomatic of smaller scale shows, as we were were talking about. But the
9: only small scale shows I know about are co-ops. Okay. Or are there funded, government-backed shows that are choosing not to hire production managers?
5: Well, I guess so. I've also run into the we are fresh at a school and... You know, yeah. right? Yeah. But they're not. Don't they're not
9: they don't have any money. Yeah, because they haven't. They haven't written a grant, and the government hasn't given. Like we're all, we're only talking about non for profit theater, right? That's the only. Presumably, experience yeah. I have. It's the only theater that there is, <laughs> really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so the only like every show that I've ever worked on as a hired production manager, I've gotten a fee in the thousands of dollars range. Yeah. Um, has been for a company that has money and the government gave them a check and they, now they have the money. Right. I don't know anybody who is hiring a PM who is a co-op,
1: yeah. who is <clears>
9: like, we have no money, we're not going to put up any money, we're just going to make a share of the box of us, so the four right. people or five people we have in the room will divide up the tasks. And why would we hire an extra person? Because then we have to divide up no, the I'm money. No, I'm sure
5: there's more. somebody in this room who's worked as a PM for a co-op. Looking at you, Chris Ross. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, right definitely. on. So, it, and did you have to twist their arm?
3: For, for like, it, it like. To hire to hire employees. a
5: production dude.
3: Yeah. Um, I <laughs> think <laughs> oftentimes it's been. Um, you can come up to the mic and then, the mic then, then we would, up would up hear up. your thoughts. Um, I think oftentimes when mm. I found myself in that situation, yeah, sure. it's been for That's companies rushing, yeah. who. I know a lot of people on and they're at the level that they're at the level where they're like doing a show in the backspace or they're doing a show at storefront. So they're like, they got a little tiny bit of money. Um, but they don't yet think they need a production manager. Yeah. And it's the kind of thing where I'm like, you're my friends and I know, I know what's going to happen when you go into this show without a production manager, please, the love of God. And sometimes it's like, okay, we'll throw you a couple hundred bucks or whatever. I've also done shows where i'm getting an honorarium and everybody else is getting a cut of the box which mm-hmm. then turns out to not really be anything right, right. um but Pip? yeah i've definitely worked with copros, Some, no? or you know work okay, profit man. shares or whatever <laughs> do you want a beer ram <laughs> <laughs> here we go and,
7: and, a beer. Ka- and caitlin and ryan
3: can everybody have a beer oh right. I, would, uh, I would also i would also oh, take oh, a beer
7: beer
5: everybody four, <laughs> four, <laughs> four beers, <laughs> four, four,
3: four beers. It's actually because I'm already up here. I actually had a question.
5: Uh, doesn't matter. Up here.
3: <laughs> just because I'm already standing here, I had a question yeah, yeah. for you guys. Uh, just because I think, uh, and <laughs> segues into perhaps sort of the uh, type of companies I've worked with and the level of productions I've worked with, um, but if we're talking about why you should hire a production manager, one thing I want to talk about is safety. Because I think a lot of what my job has been is other than budgets and schedules has been saying no you definitely can't do that or like here's a way to do that better without hurting yourselves totally or like you can't light a bonfire in the storefront theater here's a bucket for you like stuff like that right right, how much uh how much is safety a part of your job and how would you suggest younger pms uh learn how to make things safe for their productions
6: looking at me yeah you want to take this okay (laughs) um on individual productions uh it's basically myself and the td who are responsible um for the specifics of the safety of the set the actors and that kind of thing um you know we have a fairly extensive uh you know backing where if we say no we can't do fire no we can't do fire and there's no question asked um, it, for me specifically it is the added element of being responsible for the fire safety systems in the theater. Um, uh, we just had our fire inspection this morning.
5: Nice. <laughs> yeah, I tested all the alarms, so it great.
6: And having gone through a fairly extensive um, inspection uh, process from the fire department uh, a couple of years ago, uh, which was traumatizing, and... Um, expensive. Expensive. Totally. <laughs> uh, that is something that uh, I have to always be aware of in the building as I walk around. You know, what rules are we breaking this time? What is Zoltan going to catch us on yeah. <laughs> this week? Um, <laughs> yes.
1: Zoltan's hey, the best.
6: <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. Zoltan specifically told us we can never prop open any doors, ever. Yeah. Um, it's illegal. It's, yeah, illegal. it's illegal, yeah, it's illegal. You're allowed but
9: to if you're moving things through it.
5: No, no you're not. You
6: have to hold, a the person has to hold that yeah. door. Yeah.
5: Yeah. You cannot prop open a door with a wedge. That's just, what the, the fire
7: marshal
9: told me. Well, he's... Against stations, marshal. He's against Zoltan.
7: Different stations, yes. different captains, different yeah. interpretation of the code. Yeah, different
9: guy, different day if he's had a donut or no donut. Yeah, our guy also said there is just no live flame on stage, period. End of story.
1: End yeah.
5: of story. Yeah, which There's is There's no
9: legislation that says that. There's no guidelines yeah. that say that. There's no regulations that say that.
5: Yeah, I mean, my favorite part, I used to be a construction worker, my favorite part about reading building codes was it says, or jurisdiction having authority in the first three sentences. Yep. And so you just have to ask everything, which is a yep. drag, but, you know.
6: Uh, And then as it relates to, you know, full-time employees, Kevin being one of them, um, that's one of the most important things of of the job. And if someone comes and says, I don't feel safe, then, of course, you have to listen to that. So it's, you know, confusing and multifaceted, Mm -hmm. but there you go.
5: Now, Ram, because I know I read the posting for your position when it was posted. Yeah. Initially, may have applied for it, may have not have. Let's not talk about it. Um, (laughs) But uh, because... Familiarity with building code was specifically in that posting, as far as I understand.
7: Yeah, yeah, and I had uh, I had a little bit of familiar with the OBC uh, as well as the fire code, uh, mostly because of my brother. He's a he's a a fire systems analyst and consultant. Right now, and so when um, his own, yeah, yeah, he has his own firm. Uh, I'll give you his card. He's excellent. Great. Um, and and quite quite literally, uh, he's like a goldmine to me. I call him up whenever I have an issue, and he's been great explaining things to me, and at least just like giving me sections to read. And so you said quite literally,
5: though, so it means you have to go down a mile, and it gets really hot,
1: and you got to swing a pickaxe. That's true, right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
7: Yeah. Great. Uh, <laughs> And so, yes, I've been doing a lot of learning in the OBC and and, uh, had a lot of interesting arguments with the architect when we were completing renovations of the theater center. Uh, I I started my job about eight months out from opening uh, and the building was like a year away from being done. Um, And so, yeah, there were a lot of interesting conversations about like, what is furniture? What is fixture? What is, you know, like, is is a riser system a permanent... Installation, or is it furniture, or like, uh, what the hell is really the difference? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, huh. So yeah, so it's been a really steep and interesting learning curve as far as right on. Ontario building code goes.
5: Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, in terms of the freelance world, like when you walk into a new venue, like how much does that consume your brain? How am I going to make this safe for human beings so I inhabit? have it? I don't
9: really care.
1: <laughs>
9: <laughs> it's for the venue guy to worry about, like, right? Like, really, it's the venue's it's the problem. venue guy, yep. yeah. Legislation puts all the responsibility in the venue. Totally. This is why people are doing co-ops. This is why people don't want venues. This is right. why we don't have, we have, I don't know, ten times as many theater companies as we have theaters.
5: You don't think that's just expense? You think it's a liability issue?
9: But those are one and the same. All if right. you're going to have yep, a liability, then you have to hire people like this Who makes sure that it's safe and the liability is mitigated? You have to pay insurance. Mm
1: -hmm.
9: So when I do it, like I don't. When I do an indie show, I shouldn't be paying employees. That would kind of be sketchy if I was working at Tarragon, and I had like eight guys that I brought with me in a car, and they were invoicing me. If they get hurt, the Ministry of Labor doesn't give a shit. They're going to go after you guys. Hmm. They're always going to go after the venue.
7: That's where the money is. That's where they'll get the money. And that's where the
9: responsibility is. And the responsibility lands with the people with the money on purpose. It's Walmart CEO's job to make sure everyone in Walmart is safe. Just because we don't have nearly as much money as them doesn't mean the responsibility is not the same.
1: Hmm.
9: So That's that's why this venue and that's why, like, factory, who don't have a lot of production happening in their spaces as compared to rentals... They have a lot more, there's a lot more onus on the house techs and the TDs, which they've started calling the same thing, um, to defend the venue and make sure people don't get hurt. Right. Because it doesn't, it, like that's, like a co-op can just fold. All the people can go home. Like, yeah, you can find me like 10 grand. I'm probably not going to be able to pay it. So the <laughs> Ministry of Labour is not going to do anything to me. Right. I have some I have a higher level of liability because I went to theater school because I have a number of years of experience. So that increases my liability, but if you're a group of five or six artists who've never done a show and have no response or have no experience, the government's not going to put any responsibility on you when something happens.
5: Right. Huh.
9: So venues really should have people there protecting their venue. Yep. Because the rental people don't have to do that.
0: Can I just mention something about that as well? Uh, I'm closer. That's true, except if there's nobody to go to to tell something that tell them, if there's nobody to go to to tell that something is wrong, you remain responsible for it. And honestly, the government doesn't care if you can pay; they're still going to pay fine you twenty five thousand dollars for a safety infraction. If someone gets injured and there's no production manager there to go, hey, this thing is broken. Could you fix it? Then you're responsible. Interesting. So it's important to have somebody who can fix it in charge to, to allay that liability.
9: And you've got to find a way to mitigate that liability as a freelance production manager with a company who's renting a space. Yeah. Because he's right. The, the onus will fall on the person calling themselves manager or production manager. Yeah. Even if they're getting paid $500, bucks. they will be the ones who have to answer first before the producer or the director. You're right.
0: Most importantly, the workers is responsible as well. Like, if the worker sees that, that there's something, some there's a fire hazard, and you know that they saw it, and they didn't tell anybody, or there's no one to tell, then the worker is responsible. And they're going to get fined. And it doesn't matter who
2: who that is the PA, the stage manager, the actor, that doesn't matter. They're going to get fined. Yeah,
7: hey, sure. in, in my very limited experience, just pretty much everyone involved is going to be. Named in any kind of suit, all the, from worker to manager to CEO, everyone gets named, hmm. and there's kind of a sliding scale of what the fine is,
6: exactly. right. or jail yeah. time. Or jail. Yeah, well,
7: yeah. We
5: should probably have a sep- whole separate Heavy. safety bellows. Yeah, we should yeah. probably have yeah, a whole separate safety thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Safety and bellows would
7: be great. Mm-hmm. Safety bellows. And that's like one of my. Yep. That's actually one of my favorite parts of being like a PM TD designer. Crushing people's things. dreams because. Well, no, but it's like it's in those very first few conversations where the person the creative person's like yo I want a pendulum car it's a car but it's a pendulum and you're like great how much money do you have and they're like $45 you know like how do you how, how do you do something like that that's remotely safe and looking cool and being the thing that they want and all those like interesting weird conversations about what to do with that?
5: Let's jump on that, because we've been talking about um, just various scales of shows. And it doesn't no. matter what scale of show you're talking about, there's not enough money. Ever. So Never, ever. what do you, how do you, what the hell? There's not enough money, what are you going to do?
7: Be creative.
6: Hide it. That too. <laughs> <laughs> Rethink it. Rethink
1: it? Rethink it. Yeah. yeah?
9: Borrow. Yeah? Do you have a strategy for... <laughs> Call your friends. yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. Remember everything that you saw the last time you went into someone's storage unit, right? <laughs> furious note taking. <laughs> yeah, furious
5: well, yeah, note taking. Well,
4: basically just looting. Yeah, yeah. Like, looting. yeah. You're just every time you
9: go
5: to work in a new place, you're just casing the joint. Yeah, see what basically. they got. Right, right, right. What's your what's your delicate what's your delicate strategy for telling director wants um, sixteen white stallions
7: running in place on a giant treadmill? I'm great at saying no with a smile on my face. Yeah. Yeah. Could. Or like it just can't ha- you know it can't happen. Yeah. Or we need to think about ways to downscale it. Right. Can they be paper puppets?
6: Mm-hmm. And I think the I would the love best that. Trick you know. Is to try and figure out the intention behind it. Like what the what is the effect that you want? Treadmills, horses. Like how do they go together? That kind of right, thing. Right. Right. Huh. Rather than or, like just going head on into no. Not.
8: How That's why I'm not a good PM. Cheaper, or what is the effect like? But why do you want it? Mm -hmm. Essentially, why do you want this grand, you know, stallions on treadmills? Uh, And usually, once you figure out why, why that is, what the purpose is for the show, then it opens up a whole other, you know, chest of possibilities.
7: Just say video, right? Just, we'll do everything with video. I don't think that's my. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Cameron Davis is very busy. That's true. <laughs>
7: I don't think it's my
9: job as a production manager to tell the director no. Yeah. It's the really? designer's job, whose department is responsible for that effect, to talk to the director about their decisions. I've successfully production managed shows with Nina Aquino where we didn't speak. <laughs> Really, like the first three shows we did together, we had a weird relationship. It went great, like we did great <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I didn't have to talk to her, she didn't want to talk to me. She had competent, competent designers who really knew her ideas and her process that they created the show and ideas together mm-hmm. and they would come to me with their needs and I would come back with what I thought I could pull off. Right. So I don't like talking to the director. <laughs> huh.
6: And I think this relates back to the safety issue, but, you know, if you have to say no because of a safety issue or a fire concern or anything like that, knowing at least where to find that information is your best defense. No, I'm sorry, we can't block this exit because of this.
7: Just say something millimeters, (laughs) right?
6: (laughs) OBC point, you know, whatever. Amazing. (laughs) Throw crazy terms.
7: Yeah, yeah. Where
12: do you guys find yourself... in the role of production manager, uh, as an artistic collaborator in the process, and how do you feel that it's, well, however you would define that, to me, like, what you were just speaking about recently, uh, recently being, like, a second ago, uh, <laughs> but it's a certain kind of dramaturgy, certain kind of production dramaturgy that you're influencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, you want a uh, treadmill or horse, right? Like, what is the effect? So how do you view yourself in that? And do you ever find that you have to draw a line uh, between whether it's one box or the other? Or can you work in a larger picture of collaborating artistically while still maintaining the necessary safety protocols Mm the necessary, like pretty much everything you have to do? uh, And I'm speaking on behalf of like both as an artist and as a production manager, so with that understanding. But I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to the, the liminal space of that line there
6: uh, I have a long uh, or, or complicated relationship with the AD um, at Tarragon and uh, he will come in to my office often and talk uh, artistically about what he sees for the shows he's directing and um, You know, sometimes it's budget driven and sometimes it's designer driven, um, but we can talk in a, you know, more collaborative way about if he, you know, is looking at some effect, you know, who is the best designer to achieve that? You know, uh, at what point do we, um, you know, switch over and it becomes, you know, a video land or, you know, a paint, more paint uh, kind of designer. So, that is kind of a long-term you know uh, uh relationship that uh, that we've built it doesn't happen often and doesn't happen or it doesn't happen automatically um and then with individual directors um it varies totally on the type of director and the type of designer that you're working with it's it's yeah. often like note your budgets and schedules and then sometimes it's well we want to do this crazy <laughs> effect and what do you think and more collaborative
7: hmm. yeah i think something that caitlin brought up is like uh Uh, upholding others' intentions is the big thing. You know, kind of being able to understand and decode artists' intentions and their hopes uh, and then coming up with, like, real pragmatic solutions for those is the most important thing. And whether... um, I mean, yeah, you're you're right. Obviously, you know, our, our solutions will have implications into the aesthetics and to the kind of final vision. And so, you know, it's up to... To not being married to any of your ideas, and just hoping that something that you say is going to land with your artistic team and that they 'll back that you know both the thing that is possible is also the thing that they 'll want you know like this can be, we can achieve this, no problem, we can do this. is this what you want, and hopefully that 's the case, otherwise you have to continue working together to uh, to try to figure something that'll accommodate everybody or that'll accommodate the most.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: <laughs>
9: You've got to have, a, like you said, you've got to have a really good understanding of what they want.
1: Yeah.
9: It's not about what I want. No. Often when I'm building things or managing things, people are like, well, what do you want? I'm like, I, I don't want to be doing this right now. Like, yeah. so I want people like, to be safe. Sure. You know, yeah, like that's what sure. I want. <laughs> so a lot of the time I find myself asking a lot of leading questions to figure out what it is that they want. Because a lot of artists will talk to me in... Non specific terms and in emotional terms are harder to visualize terms. So I have to ask a lot of questions and try to ask leading questions. Oh, and then what happens? And then what happens? And then what happens? And then what happens? Okay. <laughs> like, and then I start to kind of get a picture in my head of what they're trying to do. And then I can do a better job at helping make that happen. But if I don't know what you want and you don't know how to communicate what you want, you're not putting anything on stage. Yeah.
2: Right
8: production dramaturgy is a really beautiful that's a phrase. a cool word. Yeah, yeah. super and good. <coughs> speaking as someone who does a lot of freelance, um, more and more specific directors will come to me because that's, what, uh, that's the kind of relationship that we have and is useful and they really enjoy. Um, I might not be building the set physically myself, which some other people might be capable of, but uh, production dramaturgy is a strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some more wilder pieces, especially new work, which is sometimes really tricky to be a part of, uh, I find myself doing a lot of. I think it's because of that.
9: Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Read on. Excellent question. Trademark that. I really like production <laughs> dramaturgy, actually.
5: Yeah. So speaking of strengths, like what do you think makes a good PM? I know you've all got different styles and whatever, but what do you really like that you bring to the table?
1: What gotta, makes a good PM? You gotta yeah. be able to
9: pull gear out of your ass. Okay. Literally, yeah. like literally, we need a computer right now. Really, literally? Sorry. Well, no, literally.
6: Figuratively, I've tried.
9: Literally, I've, I've done the gesture that i do it, that I'm trying to do it, and right. then pull really hard, and it's not coming. So we can't have that gear. Yeah, um, But yeah, you have to make things appear out of nowhere. That's at least right. what I like and get the most satisfaction out of, is like, oh yeah, so, you but, said that thing, I just made it show up.
5: right, right. So like you, mean like you mean connections? You mean deep pockets? You mean secrets? You mean skeletons in other people's closets that you know about? Do you mean like... <laughs> What is that? Yeah, you
9: gotta be connected. You gotta work at a <laughs> I don't know how to be a production manager and not work at a theater with money and resources. Right. right, right I right. just take the money and resources from my production company and <laughs> my theater company to do shows.
7: Share the wealth. Yeah. I, I think Ryan earlier Ryan said possibly the most important thing is that right off the top he was saying what he's not good at and what he's not willing to do. And so like I can, you know, speaking for myself, I can bring a little bit of lighting knowledge video carpentry. And then everything else, you know, I'm happy to give you all the knowledge I do have, but we're going to have to talk to outside sources. I'm going to have to give people some calls and get some information and try to figure shit out because I don't really know. And kind of being comfortable and self-aware of your own strengths and your own weaknesses is like right off the top huge. Mm -hmm.
6: And I think in my situation, I bring none of those to the table. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But... uh, what is most important is actually knowing the strengths and weaknesses of your team. You know, and, and I'm not gonna be in the shop building beside Kevin, because uh, it would be disaster. Um, but I know, you know, our, the department, you know, and I know, you know a lot of the designers we work with, and so knowing who's comfortable doing what, and, and knowing, you know, wh- when to help, when to step in, and, and how to make, make it All go right. forward. For
1: sure. I
8: think, like, Finding things, having the right gear, doing a good budget, being clear. Those are all hard skills that, you, that any PM needs to have. Yeah. Uh, but above and beyond that, engaging with every single person involved, communicating clearly, being right. sensitive to people in the room, totally. understanding what the piece is about. like Those are things that make a really great PM. And then a, a great leader, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think those are m- almost more important skills to have because you have to be able to schedule and budget and crew and find yeah. the gear.
5: kind of the bare minimum.
8: You yeah. have to do that. Yeah.
5: Yeah. it on. Awesome. Well, I want to pick on um, sort of origin stories just to change tacks. Because I first met you, Rem, when you were the projection designer on a Humber show at like a Fringe.
7: Oh yeah, yeah, Which, uh, Our the, Asylum. Uh, yes,
5: I love the hell of <laughs> yeah, that Yeah, show. yeah, yeah. That so was some you, of my best work. <laughs> and how did you how did you end up how did you end up in management?
7: Uh, I really meandered my way there. Uh, yeah. I did years of of uh, little bit little bits of production or, or projection design here and lighting design there, supplemented with slinging a wrench, being a camera operator. And actually, I guess, production management and film and, and low-budget TV stuff, like web series. Yeah. Um, and then, and I did kind of all that stuff freelance for about five or six years. And then Ray Salverda called me up out of the blue while I was working at Tarragon and said, hey, do you want to manage the theater center? And I went, you, oh, yeah, yeah I you do. do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you, yes, I would, love, I would like that. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and that's how I got my first full-time job. And until then, I had just been kind of like piecemealing my way. Right. Through you know, theater, film, T right. V. So live can I write event. down broad base? Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. really just covering all like I did some scenic work and carpentry at Blythe and then house techie and then sound stuff and sound design and yeah. did a couple of production designs for teeny tiny shows. Yeah. Uh and just kind of piecemealed my way to to running a venue now.
5: Yeah. So you come from Ottawa, where? Uh,
6: No, I'm from Hamilton, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I decided, because I had gone to uh, theatre school for stage management, and I decided in my second year that actually, no, PM was more the route that I wanted to go. Um, So I got a job as the APM at GCTC in Ottawa when I graduated, uh, and then I was there for three years, and then I ended up here in Toronto.
5: Awesome. Nice. Amazing. Do it. you (laughs) guys
1: want
9: to find out? Koo basically did a show at Ryerson when I was in fourth year. And then she was like, you're all right. You want to do a show with Fujin? And then I did all right. And then she was like, we're doing another show. And then she was like, I heard that Soul Pepper needs a carpenter. So she really like... So Kami
5: Koo bullied you into where you are now? (laughs)
9: Not bullied me, no. Like opened doors for me, let me, helped me mentored me a little bit like was just like super uh yeah big cheerleader and was like just telling people i was good and that's really all i needed and then people were like oh oh okay well if she says he's all right then he will give him a shot awesome yeah i got lucky
7: yeah, yeah so for, for young folks that's like the best thing you can have. Yeah. Someone with... The a, endorsement with, of specifically Kami <laughs> you Koop. Know, yes, or just yeah. someone yeah. with yeah. Some, yeah. some real experience and some yeah. real talent. And who needs saying, help and needs work. Yeah. yeah. Like if yeah. she had a full-time
9: gig at a big theater and she came in and helped us out at Ryerson, it wouldn't have been as great. But because she yeah. was doing indie shows that needed help immediately yeah. and multiple shows in a season that needed help, I was able to fill some of those voids and then people were like, oh, okay, well...
8: Right on. I graduated from NTS and then I came here and basically just said yes to whatever job was presented to me. Right on. Cool. And... Uh, you didn't have to hunt
7: anything I
8: down? I uh, no. So,
5: Decent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, amazingly, I think production management is kind of the thing that finds people which is when bizarre. Good. When you're good. Yeah.
7: Because I certainly never you.
5: applied for any PM gigs,
7: but I got a few. Mm-hmm. They don't post them.
5: No. Uh-huh. No, they generally just say, I, I have this much mom. money. Will you please make my show happen?
9: Your <laughs> 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 culture costs $75. Yeah, true. So yeah, why you would, mean, you would you do, do that?
5: Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it's not worth the money. You <laughs> you <laughs> it's just like 10% there. of my fee. <laughs> what yeah. she said. Yeah, that's true.
11: Yes. I have a sort of open-ended question just to comment on. Perfect. Uh, I found recently it's really exciting that uh, more and more women are becoming production managers. Um, This is something that, like, I'd never even considered that as a job when I was younger. Not that I went to theatre school, but, like, had I been in theatre school, I would have looked out into the world and seen no women doing this job. But it's really exciting to me that people like Caitlin and Eleanor and Pip and uh, a lot of people in this room are working in that field. Um... So I want to ask about uh, whether gender uh, enters into your work environment, depending on where you're working. Uh, And I also want to talk about the, just mention the fact that uh, there are very, very, very few production managers in this city who aren't white. Uh, I'd love to ask if you have any thoughts about that, uh, about Maybe it's not the time to talk about why that is, because I feel like that's a very big question. Um, But uh, whether that's something that enters into your considerations when taking a contract with maybe a very culturally diverse company where you might be the only person who is not part of that group or uh, how that factors into your decision-making when taking contracts and when working with a company. Hmm.
5: That's a cool question, actually. I think um, if I can just head this... uh, I always thought it was really cool when I started working at Tarragon that most of the crew were ladies. And so it just kind of seemed natural that Eleanor would production. Like, it wasn't... Like, it didn't even enter into my thinking. And also that one of the PM gigs I ended up doing was for an Obsidian Harold Green Jewish Theatre Company, copro, And I just never... It never occurred to me that that was a thing until I had to hire Lightwalkers and it was like, oh, oh, okay, this is actually a thing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, now that you mention it,
1: yeah. I think
6: gender politics do uh, play a role, um, not always negative, not always positive, but it's there. Um, I do share an office with two boys, so that kind of sucks. <laughs> 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 um, and uh, on the admin side, it's all women, which is which is odd um, and often, you know, very delightful because then it's Richard Rose and a bunch of women, um, and he gets bullied out of the room. <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, in, in my experience, um, what I would like to see along, along that road is actually more more TDs who are women. I think that's still a, a, a bit of catching up that needs to happen.
0: For sure.
7: Mm. I don't know much to say. You don't know much to say, fair enough. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
8: Um, yeah, gender plays a role, negatively, positively, it's there, um, it's, it's hard to speak to that because it's really, it can be very subtle, uh, and, um, yeah, I don't know, like, other than to agree. Like yeah. there's not much else to say in like without it becoming a large a larger forum for discussion. Yeah. Which would be right. interesting. Which would be very interesting. Yeah,
5: and something we think we're gonna need to tackle eventually. Yeah.
8: So, yeah. yeah. Um in terms of why I became a PM, I mean gender politics. Andrea Lundy is like a huge number one influence. Um and she is like a rock star. And she's a lady. Fuck yeah. mm-hmm. Um yeah. Uh, to your other point I just opened a show with Obsidian I am mm-hmm. great show it was a good show uh, why diversity isn't you know why that isn't the case in production management is not just the issue why is it in the, isn't the case in designers and yeah. directors and, and the TDs, shows we do and the TDs so the yeah yep. yeah um, I don't know if I have a res- like an answer yeah but yeah, it's something I think about. It's something I always think about.
11: Yeah. Yeah, I just find myself yeah. considering that uh, a company can make a point of hiring a designer or an actor or uh, someone who matches the mandate of the show that they're trying to produce, but that's not always possible with production managers. Mm-hmm. You can't always say, "Hey, Obsidian Theater Company, uh, let's let's try to make a point of hiring a, a production manager of color or yeah. like yeah." It, I just think it's interesting to consider that that's not even an option necessarily. There was an option
9: we tried working on at Mm Fujen, my second show, I think. Uh, I went to school with a guy named Eric Chan. He doesn't do any theater anymore. I think he does corporate stuff or whatever. Uh, But he's Asian. And Richard Lee, who was the general manager at the time, was like, it's great that you want to work with us, but you're not Asian. So we want you to do the show. We want you to probably do the next show. But, like, would you be willing to mentor Eric, this guy that we know of who's come to a couple of our events, who's Asian and has production experience, and we want him, we would rather him be our full-time or lifetime or invested-in-you person because he's Asian, and it's an Asian theater company. And I was totally fine with that. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. And, you know, he was my assistant on the show. I, like, used and abused him like a good... Uh, <laughs> Like you do, yeah. mentee does to an assistant.
1: <laughs> um,
9: and he busted ass, kind of, um, and didn't like it and didn't want to do it and was like, you know, didn't, you know, uh, I didn't, re- we didn't really give him some sort of structured, like, you're going to get this if you do this. or, And he just didn't really impress that much, and he didn't want to do it. So but we tried, mm-hmm. and they openly said to me when they were interviewing me, like, you're not Asian, and we're going to work really hard to find people who are Asian. Do you know anyone who's Asian? <laughs> <laughs> and we had frank, silly conversations about, like, do you know any Asian stage managers? And I would go, like, uh, uh, I'm like, I know Neha. She's Indian. And they're like, yeah, OK. Like, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's better. And Nina, obviously, she was in the newspaper this week about this because she would rather hire someone who's competent and not white than someone who's equally as competent and white. And I'm totally fine with that. Like, I get lots of opportunities. Obviously, the five of us have had enough opportunity that we're up here. I'm glad that we get to acknowledge that we're all white, and the majority of the people in the room are white, Um, and we have to keep acknowledging that. Um, And I don't know how to fix it. That was one way to fix it, Mm. but I don't know if not taking jobs or quitting or you know finding uh, like, I don't think that helps. So I don't know what does. But having leaders like Nina who demand coming up with ideas and thinking creatively about how the hell are we gonna do this is important.
8: Well and having a community like this is becoming a community to meet other people who are interested and Mm -hmm. then like I can't, I know on a daily basis I'm like I can't do this but I would recommend this person, this person, this person and this person and then having an opportunity to meet more people who are interested who might be more suitable for those companies is a fantastic way to use both this and to, you know, so you're saying start that maybe that.
11: the bellows can help us solve our diversity problem.
8: Maybe. It can. <laughs> <laughs>
11: Sorry. I had to plug that.
8: Oh, well, any opportunity where you get a group of people together that, you know, some are new, some aren't. Of course it can.
1: Yeah.
5: Right on. Thanks. Thank you. we have, A little time left, but Chris clearly has a question.
3: I'm going to ask one more question, because first I was going to say uh, we've got a little little, tiny bit of time left. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I think that was an awesome question that I think should become part of the greater conversation we have. Good good
5: luck topping that one. Right? Yeah, Yeah. geez.
3: Uh, As we're at the bar, you know, that's a great conversation to continue. Um, There's another question that I have that might be a conversation to continue that we can't answer right now. But because I said I'd ask, uh, without Mm. using the phrase, the state of production management in this city... Um, why do you think there are mm, a smaller pool of production managers than perhaps is necessary? Uh, and how do you think we encourage future, you know, our, our, our younger theater makers uh, to become production managers and to go down that path? Um, how do you think we cultivate that future generation when we're all old and decrepit?
5: Right on.
6: I think the, the best thing that uh, I did was actually, you know, get a full-time position right out of school, but as the assistant production manager for a, a well-established company, um, uh, and, but those, those positions are very few. And so I think uh, something that as an institution, um, you know, I can certainly strive for and hopefully others. Um, is to create those positions. You know, as an assistant, you learn by doing and you learn by watching, but you don't get that experience in school because it's never gonna be the real thing.
1: Yeah,
7: I I totally agree with that. I, I, uh, giving young people the opportunity to help you put out fires is a great way to get people into production management. It's like, it's one of the most interesting and rewarding things to in the moment you know, a day before opening, figure out a problem, solve a problem, yeah. help people make excellent art happen. Uh, and when young, young folks, either new to the industry or interested in getting into the field, you can get a taste of that. That's often, I mean, that's what hooked me, was just getting that opportunity to, like, help someone figure out a problem and help their art happen. Super rewarding, super fun.
8: Um, I would prefer to recommend someone than to triple book myself. And I think that's a great way to (laughs) have have people start, is recommend someone, don't take the gig, and then not be there.
5: Right on.
9: I think we have to find a way to bite the bullet and split our fee. It's the only way. I don't know any producer. I've never talked to a producer where I've been like, It's great that you want to give me three grand. We got to pay my assistant a thousand. They're like, we're not doing that. Like, There's no way. But I need to man up and we all need to find a way, I think, to say, I can't do this. I don't want to do this for the whole fee. I don't have enough time. And it's kind of against your point, not really, but like managing how much time you have and how many shows you take on, sometimes there can be a benefit in taking too many shows or two shows at once because then you have to split your fee. You have to give an opportunity to a young person. And that's a great way for that person to learn. And I think that's a great way, at least for me. I'm not good at working alone. I don't come up with great ideas by myself in my bedroom. Like, I come up with better ideas talking to people. So if I had someone to talk things out, it yeah. would be way better.
7: And, and just to take a quick step back, that's like one of the best, absolute best reasons to have a PM and a TD that kind of collaboration and that kind of like, just to have a real partner to bounce ideas off of. Even if
9: of, one's way more junior than the other.
7: Totally, it's just like the best, like figuring out those problems together is just ultra rewarding
10: and fun. For sure. I just want sure. to plug a thing really quickly that I did. Um, here I am plugging Theatre Ontario, but um, years ago when I was I wasn't sure really if I wanted to be a stage manager or a production manager, a theatre that I was apprenticing for said, hey, here's a way that you could learn about it. Um, you should apply for Theatre Ontario's professional theatre training program. So I did as, a product, or as an apprentice production manager, got to like lay out exactly what I wanted to learn in discussion with the production manager who like helped me create a program so that I could learn all the different parts of production management. And then I just said, I wanna make, I don't know what it was, like 500 bucks a week or something for, a I don't know, five or six week program. Applied to Theatre Ontario, got it like in a second, And then like, I had the opportunity to learn while getting paid. And there's a ton of stuff out there like that, that people don't know about. And it's kind of a win-win situation because the person I was working for got some stuff taken off their plate. Whereas like, I was in a good position to learn from them and also like not be put out a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. So like, do that. If you know a production manager say, Hey, contact them and say, I want to do this. I, you don't have to pay me. I've got this money. It's really easy to get, by the way. Um, and um, I'll take this stuff off your plate. So there's like, you can take initiative if it's something that you want to learn. Yeah. Tell people. Amazing. That's it.
1: Yeah.
5: Awesome. All right. We're more or less out of time. Unless anybody has any more questions, please approach. Please approach.
4: Oh, I have no more questions. I was All just right. getting ready to close this Cut time. me
5: off. All right. Well, uh, let's end with one more question. On closing, how do you leave everybody smiling?
6: candy brilliant <laughs>
7: uh, e- exceptionally hard work
5: <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you just clean it all up for them you sweep <laughs> you sweep behind you and well, return everything but, and
7: uh, I think people recognize hard work and like even if things don't go as planned when everyone involved is trying their hardest to make it happen there's like a certain amount of camaraderie uh, And, like, enjoyment that everyone gets out, even when it's a bit of a failure.
8: Right on. Mm, I take their work extremely to heart. I take myself very unseriously.
9: Right on. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, (laughs)
8: for
9: sure. And you have to be really professional, and you have to do a real... And you can't bitch. That's one thing Bill Penner taught me when I was at Soul Pepper. I filled in as the ATD for like a summer, and he was like, "You're not crew anymore." He had to pull mm-hmm. me aside after going like, "Oh, this fucking sucks. We got to carry all these risers." You
1: know,
9: <laughs> no. After work that day, he was like, you're, "No you're, you're not a stagehand anymore. You're not. You're not a crew person anymore. You. You're on the other side. You have to lead. You have to be positive. So if you're crotchety and bitchy and angry and like a stagehand." No one's going to want you to be their production manager. (laughs) Fair enough. All right,
5: thanks very much, everybody. Hope you learned something.
0: And that was our special presentation of The Bellows, Why You Need to Hire a Production Manager. The music for this podcast is by Vern Good with voiceover by Gabriel Crobley. Please go to iTunes and give us a review, please. It'll help get the word out about this podcast and share the history of theatre design in Canada. And you can follow us on Twitter at thetitleblockca and on facebook.com forward slash thetitleblockpodcast. You can send comments and requests by email to thetitleblock at gmail.com. And don't forget that if you like the show, please support us on patreon.com. I'm Michael Cruz, and I'll see you next time on The Title Block.